Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for Married at First Sight, the second episode of this year's retreat. But baby, we could have done without it. It was a bummer that this second episode, we didn't get anything of substance, I would say. Something that really made the episode pop. It seemed like it didn't warrant the viewing of a second. I mean, I hate to bash on Mass. We love this show. But it really felt unnecessary and not needed. Completely agree. And also just as far as content. The content really wasn't there. I feel like it was repeating a lot of what their problems are in things that they have already identified in previous weeks. Like long time ago, we're still talking about the same thing. What I'm noticing from Chris and Nicole is they have the trope this season of everything's going well. So we're going to highlight something the entire season that could maybe make you think they're not going to work, aka the what are we doing after decision day? Where are we living? Constantly. Yeah. I do find his response, which is my response all the time, very annoying, though. Even more annoying, though. Low-key, Gina's the villain of the season. I did not see it coming. I really am not enjoying the last couple episodes with her and the preview. I think I'm going to stay on the same path. I mean, I've said it over and over. It seems like week by week, Clint is gaining more fans. And I'm sorry, if you were on Team Gina, like there's just no way people are still riding hard for Gina. No, I can't see it. And I haven't seen anyone come to her defense on social media either. So it is seven days until decision day. And some people, like there isn't going to be a massive shift, for example, Gina and Clint. And a couple times this episode, and I know they have to say these things, they have to keep the show going. But for them to say, oh, I'm really seeing a difference. No, no. Seven days before, let's wrap this up. Did you notice whenever Clint and Gina talk about them as a unit or working on something as far as for the show, they make note to mention it's going to be to make this relationship work. It's not to make this marriage work. Because they know they're friends. A thousand percent. (laughs) A thousand percent. We start the episode with everyone kind of waking up. This is the day after Clint and Nicole's party. So various stages of sleeping, waking up and hangovers. We get many activities this episode, and the first one is Shaq, Kirsten, Nicole, and Chris going to take old-timey Western photos. I don't know if there's an official term for this. Did this episode sell you on the photos? Are you going to take this photo with me at the next fair? I'll be honest. (laughs) It looked really fun. I agree. Now I'm thinking of what our scenario would be. Something fun. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be the sheriff, though. No. I don't know. I mean, the sheriff's cool and all, but I don't know if I would be the sheriff. Just the cowboy. I think I would just try to be like a smooth cowboy. I want to be a blackjack dealer. Oh, interesting. I want to be like a cool... So you're the dealer and I'm at the table. Yes. Oh, that's kind of cool. In true maths fashion, we have the gals getting ready and talking about kind of their issues at the same time mirroring the issues, but being talked about with the guys. Nicole opens up about the living situation, needing to find the ideal place. And you brought up, and I didn't even think about this at the time, Kirsten's a realtor. She could probably find something for you that allows three dogs. There's a rub here. One, this is one of the rare moments. I'll give it to Kirsten. I think she was very actively listening in this conversation. I need to give her, I need to give her credit because I have been bashing her the past couple weeks. Okay. Two, I have a feeling Chris and Nicole, the stage of their relationship, they're definitely looking to rent. And it feels like Kirsten's probably more interested in selling. So I don't know if that partnership's going to work that mm. way. But maybe Kirsten could offer advice or maybe resources to use to find a place i'm sure she's got a network of yeah just individuals in in her in her community that could help them out or help them find a place or maybe hey this isn't on the market yet even to be rented it's about to be Mm. do you want the inside scoop things like that i think kirsten could really help out but then we find out that kirsten has not talked about living together basically anything after decision day ma'am You haven't talked about future plans. 
as far as we know, he hasn't met any of your family or friends. Mm-hmm. Or, mm, no, did he meet friends at the little get together, the little apartment shindig they usually do? Housewarming? Yes. That he might be the people. only friends. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a no. I mean, what are we doing here? It's a no. Yeah. She's running out the clock. Other folks have mentioned this. I think you've mentioned this before as well. Everyone is getting smarter and smarter in the fact that, yes, you are going to be in the public. You're going to be, um, lack of a better term for good or bad, exposed to the community, to the, you know, to the people. Everyone is very intelligent on how they portray themselves on this show. They try not to be the villain. I think in some ways Gina probably doesn't want to be the villain or that really wasn't her goal. It just turns out like that's that's your personality. This is who you are. So you can't you can't run away from who you are and especially from a situation you don't like and you're in this experiment. But with Kirsten, it's like I'm going to do the steps X, Y, and Z. Like I don't want to look like the bad person. But you can tell it's not genuine. As hard as she tries. But Shaq isn't playing the game. He's starting to get disinterested. He's starting to kind of let it wear on him. You know what I would do? Oh, you were a jerk? I'm buying you flowers every day. (laughs) I find it fascinating. And again, this goes back to Clint of how I'm getting more respect for him. He knows Gina's not into this. Like, Mm -hmm. there's there's no chance this is going to work out. And, you know, we'll get into it more in a little bit. But he has a level of what's the right term like like gina could straight up bash him in public and he would just like hold his tongue well that's exactly what we're seeing now it's like yeah it's amazing that he can do that i have a feeling there is a lot that clint is holding back and he he's just trying to not disrespect gina in any way but we get a taste of it on the after party which we normally don't get and i am so glad we saw most of this one it's funny in one of the first after parties we saw Shaq. Give that little hint that Kirsten's not really who we think she is. And then Clint gives us another little tidbit. I love it. Man, but if Gina is totally putting on a show and this she's a different person on camera, man, she's not doing a great job. You should be able to sell it better. There's a lot of bad sound bites. You shouldn't even give them those sound bites if you were putting on if you're playing the game basically. So playing the game, sometimes when you see Gina, and this happened last week, she mentioned something, something probably like, yeah, working on the relationship. But then she sort of looked down in a way in almost a, what I just says, excuse me, what I just said, I do not believe in it at all. Yeah. So it must be hard because in, in essentially you're lying. It must weigh on someone because they have to lie through this process to not be seen as a villain. I could see that. Back to Shaq and Kirsten. We find out that Kirsten likes to talk at night till 3 a.m. Okay. It's a no for me. No to talking or? Not. Can we start talking earlier? That's how I feel. I really value sleep. We can talk for three hours, but can we start at like nine and we'll go to sleep at midnight? I mean, hey, I'm, 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 I'm trying to. Meet you in the middle somewhere. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, compromise here. Like, can we start at nine and I at least go to sleep at 12? Maybe I get six and a half hours of sleep. But this was very shocking to me because I view her as fully playing the game. And I'm sorry I'm going to say that so much this episode, but it's not true. Like, she's not trying. We know she's running out the clock. That's it. Shaq is fully picked up on it. He's starting to disengage because he knows that. But... Talking at 3 a.m. feels very genuine. Yeah, it's not. You wouldn't. You would just be sleeping. Yes. Like you wouldn't be trying to get to know this person. But on after party, he said that happened maybe two or three times. But he's the one that brought it up to Chris. Right. The way you're the way you're selling it to us is it it happens all the time. Yeah. But then he's kind of switching it up on after party. So I, like, which one do you believe? Hmm. Because he's the one that brought it up. It is amazing how this entire season, and they're probably, this is going to be the words they say when they say no on decision day. It's going to be, they have never been in sync as far as their communication. No. Ever. They've never been in sync. I feel like on anything at this point. 
I like how Kirsten really slickly shut down Nicole and says, we'll talk about that later. When she kind of, Nicole's kind of shocked that they're not thinking after decision day at all. The couples meet back up. Some real bad acting happens, but it was really cute and playful and it was nice and light. A little voiceover, Chris says he hopes that Shaq and Kirsten can figure it out because they're right there. I don't know if I'm here for Chris being the beam of light for everyone (laughs) and the professional of I know what a successful marriage looks like. It's because his wife knows what a successful marriage looks like. It's because that she's always adding her two cents in. So I think it's rubbing off on him. I like Chris. I think he's a great guy. I think they're doing amazing. I just don't know if I'm a fan of him being that character on the season. Yeah. So all the couples carpool, minus Eris, because he's at his work trip, to a place called Lumberjack's Feud Show. And this is owned by Paula Dean. One thing I want to mention, is it surprising to you, and I know it's only two, but how many people have left for events or work trips on this season? It is weird. I understand Shaq's more than Eris's, though. Because he's very forward-facing and admissions and recruitment, and you have to do that in person, essentially, at these events. But we see later on, Eris didn't even have to be there in person. This is my rub against it. This is a two-month experiment. Very crucial, very critical, time-sensitive. You only get a small window to develop, essentially, the ultimate relationship with your spouse. I mean, potentially, you could be with this person for 40, 50 years. And I think you have to be in 100%, like with everything. And if you couldn't talk to work or whatever beforehand of like, hey, I'm going through this experiment. Can I get a little bit of grace? Like I might meet my forever person. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way that they're just just leaving to go on a trip and just bouncing on the experiment. I think that's not, that's not setting yourself up to have the best possibility of this to succeed. To me, that says this wasn't the right time to be married at first sight. And again, I get it. Timing might not align. This is when they did a casting or close to where I live. But I, you know, life goes on. I still have things going on. But you also sign up on the show to be with your forever person. Like, I think you have to make those sacrifices. Part of the job, though. I, I don't know. I don't think it was the right time for Shaq at all to be on the show. Oh, it seems like he's got so much going on with his yeah. life. It's not it. So everyone goes to do lumberjack sports. I don't entirely know what it's called, but it's axe throwing, speed climbing, speed chopping, log running, all types of events. I know that lumberjack sports are not for me. The only thing I've, I think I've seen is where you sort of tag team the saw and you're mm-hmm. trying to cut a piece. Obviously, axe throwing, we have bars here. You can do axe throwing and stuff like that. But I would agree, we are trash at all of these events. Well, yeah, I'm, there's no need for me to ever do this. No, we even did an axe throwing thing at a party and we were... I don't even d- include me in that. I was pretty good. Oh, you? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was trash. <laughs> so first they do speed climbing. The professionals were very good. This looks so fucking hard. Yeah, because it's like you're using your legs to propel you up, but you have to use your arms to pull yourself as well. But it's almost like you're using your arms and leaning back to sort of create that sort of a um, that pressure point. So then your your legs kind of pick mm-hmm. you up and do the work. But that just looks if you don't do it fast, your oh, arms, yeah. you're going to get fucking tired. You, that's the key. You have to do it fast. And I knew Jasmine was going to do amazing. The advantage is she's super light and she's strong. So uses yeah. so many like unique muscles, I think, in mm. cheerleading and mm-hmm. all the flips she does and training. Yeah. I mean, it's basically it's cheerleading and gymnastics, essentially. So, yeah, you have she, a lot of so strong. Clint is not even going to try to do this. I support him not trying. Public vomiting is he's <laughs> awful. So I'm fine with that. I kind of love that we got to see Clint this hungover. I felt I feel for him birthday oh. going all in. But. He was hurting bad. Yeah, and I know the feels, and I don't, I you don't know, wish it on anyone. It's worse because it looked like a hot day. It's probably, oh, yeah, it's being probably hot humid. and hungover, and in the direct sun. No, and, and, you know, it's just not good. Just leave me at home. 
props to Gina for even trying because I probably would just go, nope, this one's not for me. You have little tiny biceps. <laughs> That's a way to say I have needle arms. <laughs> okay, but not according to my DNA. Oh, we have, um, what we do have, they call it? Oh, so me and Leon did the 23andMe, very fun results. And we like to look up like genetic makeup of, like they have a lot of fun categories and stuff. And me and Leon both have DNA of Olympic power athletes. That just means you have thick thighs. Yeah, and it's accurate. That means you are thick. <laughs> They're not put to use. <laughs> In the end, they kind of split up couples which I thought was really interesting to get kind of everyone to talk a little bit about their significant other. Jasmine is really bummed that Eris isn't there. She said it multiple times this episode. I'm sorry, but yes, great scene. I just think Jasmine's going to be disappointed on decision day. I know, but with how sweet he was talking, you have to like continue that path. If he just stops now, what does that look like? Are we about to see like, Two or three episodes of Eris just killing it? I hope so. But we know how it ends, so do I hope so? Because then you're just reeling her in. I don't know what I hope for them. Honestly, no, no, no. I know what I would want in an ideal world. Them happily ever after. But I don't know. Shaq is talking about Kirsten and how he wants Kirsten to want to go on his work trips. He's almost annoyed at her reaction to people pressuring her about Memphis. And kind of the fallout from that. And so when she says, oh, I'll put it on my calendar. I'll go to every single one. Well, he doesn't want that either now. He's getting a little too picky for me. I think you're right. The evidence of Shaq. Oh, it's strange because sometimes they have some great, great scenes. Even the, the old school photos. I mean, they had a great scene, but you do feel like he is pushing away. Oh, yeah. He knows the charade, but he is super picky. Like, we always called out Kirsten for being picky because she was very outwardly picky. But now that we're getting to know him more, we're like, oh, you're what you need and what you say you need is pretty. Well, it seems like Shaq is very structured, Mm -hmm. like a very structured life, regimented. And I don't think maybe Kirsten is not enough of that. Well, no. Remember, he has to make himself happy first. He has to make sure he's happy above all. Not a good look. Uh, hey, <laughs> not I'm, a good look. <laughs> hey, I mean, we, we always say, I mean, you got to love yourself first for you love, you know, other people. Yeah. So he's not ready. True. Kirsten is also talking about the trips and she says that once she's secure, that she will definitely be there and it will be more natural. I don't know. Eh, meh. You know, these work trips, they have to come with some kind of agreement or plan that you are going to do something together to bond. Yeah, and is he planning that for her? Or is he only worried about his work trip? It can't just be, yeah, just come on my work trip and sit there or chill at the hotel Mm -hmm. and be bored all day. Like, no. Like, we, we need to do something. I need to go on this trip, and in some way, we're going to have experiences, adventures, or in some way, our relationship is going to grow. Yeah, or he'll, like, treat her while she's there. Exactly. Nicole talks about how there's not too much pressure on decision day, but that her and Chris need to figure out what it looks like after. Chris is explaining that he's more laid back and he's gotten Nicole to speak about things and get kind of the past the way she reacts sometimes. But Chris is not giving me any action. The entire episode, we're just going to talk about moving. And as Chris gets slowly and more and more annoyed... I get more annoyed because he's not doing anything. And that is me. <laughs> oh, those flights aren't bought, everyone. Those those did not get booked last week. Oh, do we mention that? Yeah, we said we were doing it over the weekend. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> it was not on me this time, guys. It was not all me. <laughs> okay, I'll be honest. I did check flight prices today and they're don't. not bad. They're oh, not okay. Bad. I was like, don't not, even not, tell not me. Bad, not bad at all. <laughs> not bad at all. We're, we'll be okay. Okay. We're totally fine. Okay, so I have a couple more days. Uh, no, we have uh, tomorrow. <laughs> like point blank period tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. What does Chris say? We'll see. Um, we'll figure I'm, it out. You know what? I'm booking mine and I'll be like, you know what? You can book yours whenever you want, but the price is only going up. Oh, no. My ticket's been bought. <laughs> Feel free to join. Gina talks about how she is also a very go with the flow type of person. 
She doesn't point things out that bother her, but does bring up how drunk Clint was and how she had to help him so much. I hated the scene. I absolutely hated it. Number one, it's this man's birthday. From what we have seen so far, again, we have to you know, extrapolate from what we get on the television. Nothing to point me that Clint has a drinking problem, Mm-mm. that this is an issue, that this is like an everyday thing. This is an every weekend thing. It was this man's birthday. He went ham. <laughs> cool. He's going to be hungover as fuck. I get it. That happens. But I did not like bashing him for being hungover on his birthday or, you know, day after whatever. Like, I, I was just not a fan of that. She says, like, oh, I had to help him into bed. I had to help him this. And I'm just thinking, that's what you do when you're with someone and you care about them. Take, take the alcohol out of this. Someone is sick. Someone has a surgery. You will take care of them. That, yes. is, the, that is the process of having a partner. Yes, this was, this was alcohol. I don't know Gina's history with alcohol or any of that. She has an issue with it or whatever. But I was just not a fan. And you're right. Like this, you, this is a part of the process. You are going to take care of your loved one. Yeah. And she says something along the lines of, oh, no one would want that. No one wants that. Well, guess what? No one wants to talk about your work every single day, every time you breathe. But we do. Gina follows that up with Clint has never really had to work for her. He's never put in the effort and that he has never tried to make her feel like a wife. Ma'am, have you tried to make him feel like a husband? This is a rub for them. They are so stuck in the friend zone that there is no way either of them feel comfortable doing something or in action where it could it could be defined as I want to take the next steps with you. Mm-hmm. I, and they are not comfortable doing no. that. So in that case, what Clint is doing from what we've seen is he's just doing the everyday things, right? Being cordial, being friendly, having conversation, making dinner, making the meals. I mean, he's, I think as far as being a friend, I think he's doing a great job. And again, I don't, I think this is a scene where it's Gina trying to, um, you know, not be the villain, right? Trying to portray herself as, oh, I, I'm trying, but you know, you know, Clint, you know, he, he's not, um, he hasn't done things right to, to make me be a wife. But never mentions her her part in this, huh? Real convenient. I wish the cast members, I love calling them cast members, by the way. <laughs> I wish they went in on this or countered that as, like, well, what do you do to sort of make mm-hmm. him feel like it is okay for him to embrace you as a wife? Going back to what you said as far as, like, you're just doing that every day. But his every day revolves around her. And she is definitely not doing that for him. True. She even said it herself with, oh, who was it? Was it Dr. Pepper of how well he has integrated and revolved himself around her life? That's a big deal. Yeah, but I think in their case, this stemmed from, I own my own business. I'm so busy, so on and so forth. Like, my schedule's crazy. There's really not a rhyme or reason to it. And I feel like, I wonder if in their relationship, that wasn't really an option for Clint. Yeah. It's like, I, I have to do this because this, this lady's not flexible. Yes, but at the same time, she's also not doing anything. Like, she doesn't want to be in this apartment with him. At the bare minimum, she'll allow him to sleep in the same building as her. Like, they're in separate bedrooms. Like, I say Shaq's not wasn't ready. Like, he doesn't have the time. It's not the right time in his life because he's so busy. I shouldn't even say that about him because we have Gina as an example here. I would also like to point out Clint never utters a bad word about Gina. Oh, even in the group setting? No, it doesn't matter if she's present or not. Never a bad word. And Gina always says something nice to him. Always, you know, real cordial laughs at his dumb jokes in front of him. And as soon as she's with the experts, as soon as she's with the other people, has a lot of shit to say. It's interesting. He mentioned that in the after party as well as... Like, I wasn't even aware of what she's saying. Like, she's mm-hmm. not even communicating that with me. Yep. And he, very similarly to Shaq, said she's a completely different person on camera and off. I love the tea. I love when it's spilled. I was so glad we caught this. Eris said that Clint will be cooking 
this lady will come home with to-go food. The fit I would throw if you did if you did that, Leon. No, absolutely not. If you told me I'm cooking whatever carbonara or something, <laughs> and I come home with some Popeyes, I'm never cooking for you again. That is a slap in the face. And also, it's from what I can tell on these plates, Clint is cooking some bangers. Yeah, it but always looks wonderful. You got a side salad, the main dish, like little appetizer things. Like he's he's doing it right. Mm-hmm. Except for I think he was missing seasoning in one dish. <laughs> there was some seasoning issues, but uh, yeah. for how much he's cooking, I would still not give him too much shit about it. That is a very disrespectful move. And if that happens all the time. Which it sounds like it does. Man, when we talked about this, I tried... Hey, get don't get it twisted. I do defend these people as well. Like, for example, <laughs> I was trying to give Gina the benefit of the doubt of, okay, maybe she's working super long hours. Maybe Clint cooked at like five, six, but she's not going to be home till like eight. Maybe she's thinking, you know what? He probably like cooked for himself and I'll just get something on the way home, so on and so forth. But I would imagine they're at least texting, right? And Clint probably messaged like, hey, I'm cooking whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I would imagine they communicate at least that much. I bet they don't. I bet there's zero texts and calls throughout the day. Now, here's the thought. No, because the reason Eris mentioned this is because Clint mentioned it to Eris. Yes, exactly. He was like, this B, I told her (laughs) I'm cooking dinner, and you know what she did? She brought takeout. Yeah, not good. Yeah, it's not a good look. I'm sorry. Hey, Gina stands. if you're out there, I'm sorry. It's just not a good look. Okay, I keep thinking about her mom, too. I was thinking back to when her mom was questioning if she had time. And I'm like, oh, that's really telling now. Like, I didn't think much of it then, but seeing how it's playing out, I'm like, oh, her mom knew. I keep trying to think about, like, how could Gina make him feel like a husband to where he would react and make you feel like a wife? And I don't even think, I can't come up with anything. Honestly, it would just be Gina sitting Clint down and telling him, you know what? We got off at a really shitty start, but over these however many weeks, you know, you're a really cool guy. Like, Mm -hmm. you are such a good person. You're so kind-hearted. I would love to progress this relationship with you. Like, like just talking with him and telling him that, he would be like, that's the go sign. Yeah, let's go. I'm I'm good. I agree. He'll probably be like, you want to go out for dinner right now? Okay, you know what my thought was? What if she invited him to dinner? So cute. But no, we're, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, no. But I do like them as a couple. We're fucking living in La La Land right now. I always do. Every year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, you said it. We love love. I mean, we really do. We really want these people to work out, but just not giving us much. But then we meet them. <laughs> Shaq and Kirsten are talking on the balcony after the event together. They both kind of debriefed each other on what they talked about with the other couples, with the other people, and what they specifically said about each other, which I thought was interesting. You all know I give Kirsten a lot of crap, but I have to give Shaq some here too, because if your wife is saying, I need deeper conversations, I need more conversations, everything's revolving around conversations, how is your response, well, I don't need that? But he was also... He kept countering her like, oh, we do that. Like, we do that. We, we talk. And she's like, mm, no, like not, not enough. He's like, no, we do. And I'm torn because I think that's where it's, it's starting to get at him. And he knows it's all fake and he's not going to go down with us. He's like countering it. But at the same time, I keep saying it. He has to play the game. <laughs> this was my first thought when I watched this scene. What Shaq... And, and please hit us up. It really hit us up with any of this, but hit us up if I, if I think I'm, I'm way off on this. I think what Shaq is saying is we talk enough, or in my opinion, we talk enough. We have hit the, the amount that Shaq needs to communicate amount. So in his eyes, he's like, no, we've talked enough. But if she is saying it's not enough, then it's not enough. It's not like up for debate. I agree with you. I'm with you. But that's just the way I interpret it as the way Shaq was saying. I just think he's over it because he knows it's nothing. So he's just like, I'm not going to go down looking bad, but this is making him look bad. He should be like, okay, yeah, let's talk more. (laughs) What if in this scene, Kirsten's not being honest as far as 
when she's speaking to us and saying like we need to com- we need to communicate more. Like, what if Shaq's like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, oh, I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, what was it? The first problem at the start? Oh, we need more quality time together. And he's like, come on this trip. She's like, no. <laughs> so when it was convenient, she wanted more time and to be together and not him go out and do stuff without her. And then, oh, so he wants me to he wants quality time. Oh, well, now I need communication. I cannot wait for the finales. Of I this know. season, because I, I hope and I wish everyone goes in on everyone. Did you notice on the preview, they said we're going to follow them for longer than ever before or something like that? No, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> please okay. don't. The definition of this episode and what you just mentioned, people, this is filler. Yeah. Filler. Or you know what it is? Honestly. Because so many couples have said yes, and it feels like almost immediately it becomes a no, mm-hmm. maybe a couple days, maybe a week, maybe a couple weeks. So most likely in production, that brought on the idea of why don't we just follow them a little bit after decision day and see them blossom and progress or the fallout. What are you doing now? In case you said a no, you can see a heiress back on the streets or not not back on the streets or, you know, taking time for himself. We don't know. But maybe that what, that's what brought on those ideas. But I really wish we got less of the filler then. Like, cut down the season. Cut it down to 15 episodes and then we'll get those ones at the end. But don't give me, like, 22 and then add three more episodes onto that. Are they overselling? Do you think it's going to be more than one? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thought process. There's a reunion, not a uh, decision day. Where are they now following them? There wouldn't be like a following them post reunion. Like, I don't think yes, that that's what it is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's after wow. decision day. It's going okay. to be. They're going to produce a six month show. That's a two month event. Yeah. I need the next season to give us a break. Like, as far as, like, can it not start the week after? That's incredible. It's a lot. So Kirsten asks, where do we go from here? And Shaq says, we'll get on the same page. It's always some really vague, optimistic thing. There's never, like, a plan. It's just, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like that meme. What, what does that mean? Exactly. Then we have Clint and Gina talking on the balcony. And Gina is starting to get emotional, and we find out that her friend quit over text. Ma'am, we got the preview <sighs> last, last episode, last week, and I'm thinking, wow, okay, Gina's going to go deep with Clint on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't figure it was going to be anything to do with their relationship, <laughs> but it was going to be maybe family member got sick. I don't know, something. Yeah, the salon. And then, <laughs> wow, we're at the retreat, and I'm thinking, all right, it's going down. And what comes up? The fucking salon. We cannot escape the salon. And even the way Gina described it was not even a good look for herself. No, exactly. And, and you know, when you tell a story to someone, you are painting yourself in the best light. So she's like, it must have been that time I was stern with her. I'm like, ma'am, stern, <laughs> ma'am. I would love to know how that went down. If somebody straight up quit. Well, I mean, are people not allowed to quit? No, they are. But I would just love, I would love to know the backstory and what really went down to lead that person to eventually want to quit. Yeah, but it, why is it, a, why are we crying over this? Oh, you made a great point of, I get it, new business owner, la la land. But you were like, you should probably not expect that these employees are going to work for you like the rest of their life. No. It's not going to happen. No. And it's kind of a red flag if someone's like, this company will be your family. Like, no, I have a family. Thank you. 100%. Yeah. Take that advice, everyone listening. That is amazing advice. Clint, man, I'm telling you, Clint. It, a sweetheart here. He is killing it. He's winning me over... I was team Clint from the jump. (laughs) I have never wavered. I was not. Never. Never. I could see right through Gina. I could see it. And he just supports her. He's listening. No distractions. Analyzing what she's saying. Giving great feedback. And I'm like, 
You fucking go, Clint, man. Yeah. You, you are you are killing it right now. We get a voiceover of Genus lying to our faces and saying this marriage could still turn into something. Now, I'm curious. You wrote, you typed it out, so it's probably correct. But did she say marriage or relationship? She said marriage. Okay. Because in other parts of this episode, they distinctively say relationship. They do not say this marriage. You got to start taking some notes. Damn, that's that was smooth. I walked. I yeah. I'm deep. just saying, if you're I walked uh, deep into that one, questioning it, uh, you're more than welcome. You were salivating. You were waiting. You were just waiting to deliver that as line. As soon as you were questioning I, I the notes, I knew. It. I could feel it. <laughs> Barbecue chicken. You were waiting. You're like, mm-hmm. say it. I dare you. <laughs> the mini golfing. I'm a fan. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm fine with it. But when you turn into a little Nicole, sometimes we are not. We we point that out so fast to bring you back down to earth. Nicole, PSA, <laughs> nobody should take mini golf fucking serious. <laughs> Everyone should go to mini golf. Just be like, I'm going to try some weird shit and yeah. see if it works. That should be your goal in mini golf. It should not be to try to get the lowest score. No, like it's not serious. And Chris felt real rough while she was like starting to get intense no he's mentioned it before it's like she sucks the fun out of it yes johnny said bow sucked the fun out of stuff johnny no johnny (laughs) i'll miss johnny no i don't (laughs) i don't at all i hope he's doing okay i hope bow's doing okay too it's so interesting that she says that she's not a sports person but she's incredibly competitive I would think that makes for a great sports person. I think it's because in sports, obviously it's a, it's a competition, right? To be the best, but competitiveness itself, because you can be competitive in life. You can be like, I'm going to have the dopest fucking garden on this street. Like that eh. could be that mindset. I literally am the complete opposite. Well, that's true. Like even in our garden, like you wouldn't have that attitude. Like, no, you'd be in like anything in life, I just don't have it. So, like, when you get super competitive, oh, that was, everyone knows already. We are not allowed to be on the same team in any sport or board game. Just for plenty of arguments, like, real-life arguments that happen from that. So, that's how we, it's not worth it. If I mentioned this on the pod, it was, like, a long time ago. But the thing with me is, (laughs) I just want someone, and probably not in mini-golf, like, or fucking axe throwing, like, at all. If you're on my team... I don't care if you suck booty at what we're doing. I just want you to try your best. And your I'm best. here to have fun. And that's why we can't do it. But is it possible for you to have fun and try your best? <laughs> that is my best. Fantastic. No, that's Fantastic. why the rule came about. Mm, I'm just, mm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> You've gotten much better as you gotten older. The rule came about like, Eight years ago. That's what happens. Like athleticism drops down and like competitiveness also. So you're nicer (laughs) about things now. (laughs) Chris says he can see this being the last time that he goes mini golfing with her (laughs) because it's a lot of work. We talked about this and I said, okay, why do I see a future where Chris is giving up a lot of things he might enjoy or love doing? Just like any like fun little outing. Nicole finishes this scene by saying... That's the thing about getting married to a stranger. You get what you get. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. You know why? Because it reminds me of people that are like, I'm a piece of shit. It's just what I am. Like, you have to deal with it. Like, well, it's also, let's not. It's also sending the message that, like, are you not willing to change exactly. or grow? Like, I'm a Leo. I'm just going to, I'm which just is, this which way. Is it's, it's weird that you can say that statement, but then another another time you can say something like, I'm working on myself. Naturally saying I'm working on myself means you are changing. You are becoming something else or better or worse. Like, and then you can't just say you get what you get. Like, no, just not in the competitive realm yet. Just not there yet. Eris returned to the house. And did you notice he actually did give Jasmine a hug? I did. Yeah. Picked up on it immediately because he did not give her a hug when he left. No, he did. No, he did not. They walked out to the car and he just got I in the car. S- I swear they hugged. Mm, maybe. Man, this is interesting. Take those notes, girl. Fuck. 
I could totally be wrong, <laughs> but I put a lot of emphasis on the hug. Okay, now I have a feeling that you're totally right. <laughs> so we're playing Connect Four together, and Jasmine is briefing him on what he missed. I don't know if you picked this up, but Jasmine was really trying to get Eris to say like he was proud of her, and he was not going to give it to her. She kept talking about like, oh, I beat everyone. I was so fast. And he just said, okay. And I don't know if it's just editing, but we got to voice our opinions on what we see. But she said it like two or three times about how good she was and that he would be proud of her. And she got nothing. Yeah, Eris, he's an interesting character to read because he is so hot and cold. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you go from giving her so much love at that dinner and then you've been apart for a day and a half or whatever it was and now a little cold i mean they seem to still have a little bit of banter they're having fun playing the game so that was cool but yeah you're right he's why be cold in this moment in time it's interesting we also see eris almost say that he missed jasmine almost not quite though he missed the whole package in a way, he said he missed her. But he should have just said it. If he meant it, of course. But it would have been nice. He missed the hair on the floor. He missed Duchess crying. He missed the whole package. The house was very lonely without her. Although it was weird. Okay, when, I, when he mentioned the hair on the floor, I'm like, yes, you have a dog. The dog has curly hair. Naturally, there's probably going to no, be... No, it's Jasmine's hair. I thought that was, that was a funny scene. Like, I immediately thought it was just about the dog. We find out that he did check in with her and kept her in the loop with what he was doing while he was gone. And I think that's a huge step. Huge. This man didn't even text her. setting an alarm to text her. I don't know how to read this man. I don't. I, that was awesome. I give him credit. That is really cool. It's progress. Keeping your partner in the loop. That is important. That makes him feel... Uh, you know, secure with you, right? You're, you know, what are you doing? What are you up to? You know, I want to know, you know, so that's, that was awesome. But it's, it's just weird. It's weird to me because my mind is so, it's just decided that they're going to be a no. Like, I just cannot picture them saying yes. I just had, I still have hope. I know I'm probably wrong, but I have hope. Shaq and Kirsten are packing up and we find out that he's leaving to go back to work and that she has agreed to go with him. I probably would have left too. Like, you don't want to be the odd one out. Yeah, and I give Jasmine credit for doing the events, being what she says, the seventh wheel. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would have definitely gone too. I mean, what, what am I going to do? Yeah, I don't want to hang out with the other couples. We see everyone get dressed up for the final dinner together with shocking Clint cooking for everyone. Nicole says that she has been able to take advice from everyone here and hopes that she is also given words of wisdom. In true Nicole fashion. Gotta make sure she gets her little part in there. Jasmine says that she's trying to be open and optimistic and let things play out how they will and not so much try to anticipate or plan what will happen. Shaq says every lesson is a blessing. And Clint says hallelujah. I'm doing finger snaps right now. Finger snaps, finger snaps. Jasmine breaks out the card game that her and Eris played on the way to the retreat. Now... This is the card game that Eris mentioned. These are like questions you ask to get divorced. They're not great. They're setting you up for an argument. Who gave them these questions? Like, why would you do this? Definitely the producer. Why would you do this? (laughs) So the first question is, what do you like the most and the least about me? It's interesting. Most of them, or the folks that answered, they spun it in a positive way. They did. As you do in a job interview. Very smart. (laughs) Give me your strengths and weaknesses. (laughs) I'm too organized. (laughs) I just love work so much. That's my weakness. I just can't leave the office. (laughs) Chris says in response to the least, he says how hard that Nicole is on herself. He sees how it affects her and he just wants her to love herself. For what he likes the most, he said he likes how caring and compassionate she is. What Nicole likes the least about Chris is that he puts everyone above himself. But what she likes the most is that he makes everyone feel comfortable and that she never doubts him for a second if he's genuine or not. This is an interesting foreshadowing of what they'll do at the end of the retreat 
where Nicole mentions he's going to make everyone comfortable, but in a way that can be translated to he's always just going to agree with whatever Nicole wants. Yeah. Which in some way that's making Nicole comfortable. Doesn't want to rock the boat. Shaq asked Kirsten, what is your favorite imperfection about me? Kirsten says, you're perfect. Lame. (laughs) Ma'am. Can you take the game seriously, please? She follows that up with listening. So far, you do your best to make sure I have what I need. Shaq's response is, you take your time to process your thoughts and go from there. You don't overthink everything like you used to. Jasmine says that Eris is getting in his own way. And Eris's response is very classic. If I'm doing something that is bothering you, you just hold it in. So, of course, the speak up more, that is your imperfection. It always, it always goes back to her opening up more. Clint pulled a question and he asks, when did I hurt you? That's a deep question. Uh, and I wish Gina was a little more honest in this portion. Why did she not bring up Jamaica? Let's like let's finally end it. I mean, There's no so been no obvious. resolution. It's so that was literally the only thing that happened between you two. Yeah. And you didn't even mention it when that question was asked. Nope. Cuz that's too real. Gina does say that she doesn't think that she's ever been hurt, but that she thinks that Clint is a man of so many words and that he wants someone on his level. She says that she wants him to how do I say this? Like communicate in a way that she understands, which was a very strange thing to me. It was a very like, explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> I just like, what do you want? Yeah, it's, it's hard to give it another. I mean, that's pretty spot on of what you just said. It's not. I don't know. Like, you know what he if you don't know the definition of one of the big words he uses, you still know what he's asking or talking about. I don't think he's like that bad at it. He does overuse analogies. But that's not... I don't think that's what she means. I think it's vocabulary. No, I agree. But then the way he speaks, I'm like, can you just be direct? Why do you... You do like a... Just this giant blurb. Just just say something to me direct. Like, why are you giving me this long story? It's who he is. It's how he talks. He's always been that way since the beginning. No, he has. But again... Because they probably don't communicate to that level. Like, she should have probably told him that way earlier. Yeah, why is this coming out one week before decision day? Clint says, you are on your phone all the time. Put your phone down once in a while. Ma'am. Boom. I love getting the inside stuff. After this, everyone gets into the hot tub. Gina and Clint are on complete opposite sides as the other couple sit together. Weird. Kind of weird, right? Just sit together. You don't got cooties. Even Come you know, on. friends could sit t- next yes. to each other in the hot tub. Come on. Clint breaks out the good old cook champagne and sprays everyone down, which was quite unnecessary. I would not be a fan if someone did that to me. No, I'd be like, great. Now it's in my hair. Eris loved it, though. He was down. <laughs> you know what was interesting? Anytime Clint does something and you can see it here. Not when he's, as he's spraying the people. After he was done spraying the people and took a giant chug out of the bottle, which I thought was dope, whatever. But you can see Gina just kind of like, that's who I got like paired with. And you notice that all, I notice that all the time. Any, any time, even if if someone for whatever reason goes back to rewatch the season, anytime Clint says like a Clint thing or does a, a, what we would describe as like a Clint thing. They production's done a really good job of capturing Gina in that scene, or at least maybe cutting to her. You could see almost like a, I mean, she described it as kind of like a embarrassment mm-hmm. or just that look of like, yeah, that's my dude. Uh, yeah. Kind of a bummer. You see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And she addresses it next episode. And I think this is with the experts again, totally blindsiding Clint. She'll say it to him, but she'll say it to other people saying, again, the secondhand embarrassment, his crassness. But it's weird, like, because I'm speaking from my point of view. I like Clint. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I could probably be his friend. But, like, I wouldn't be embarrassed by him. No. Or his actions. Like, I would. He's just a dude who's full of life. And it's just interesting to me that someone is looking down and again we talked about this earlier like he's 
He seems good-hearted. He seems to like want a family, settle down. He makes corny jokes. Like he's, you know, he he's got stuff going for him. And it's amazing that someone is choosing to not even give him a chance of like, what do you expect out of your partner in the future? From what we've seen so far, I think Clint has a lot of really positive attributes. I don't know what kind of partner Gina wants. Like, I can't even picture someone. I don't know what they look like. I don't know their attributes. Well, I know they're not red haired because she made it very clear. She's not attracted to him. But other than that, I can't picture what the heck she would want or be happy with. Clint in true Clint fashion asks, what is the craziest place you have had sex? And this is the look that Gina's like, why? (laughs) Why? Which also I would be like, those things never get brought up when I'm hanging out with friends. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I've known my friends so long. So it's not, it doesn't need to be said. It's right. Everyone's in their own little world, you know? Jasmine and Eris are getting ready for bed, and it's the last night of the retreat. Since he's back, he says the leg room last night was awful. (laughs) As someone that sleeps diagonal, I get it. (laughs) This morning, I went to jump back in the bed, and I swear to God, I think Ellie's knee like hit me like right in the stomach, (laughs) and I was like why the hell are you on my side? And she's like, you know I'm diagonal. <laughs> as soon as you leave, I tend to shift a bit. Just That's, that's marriage, y'all. Yeah. Don't act like you don't do the same thing. You're not diagonal, but you're right in the middle. Oh, the moment you, the moment you leave the couch, I'm taking the warm spot. <laughs> For sure. Eris does bring up basically that he didn't need to be at his meeting in person. He said it was good he went in person and not over Zoom because he made good connections. And I get that, but then, uh, like, what's the priority here? Like, okay, the fact that he said that, I would have clarified with my manager, do I need to be there in person? But he doesn't want to do that. Like, that's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, he does not care about this marriage, cares about the job and the connections and the networking. That's where the priority lays. He could have just kept that to himself. Like he would have just been 100%. Clint says he's so excited to see Hank. That breakup is going to be the saddest in math's history. Hank just going to his little apartment. Well, Hank's only a couple floors up and down. Up or down. Yeah. We see Clint and Gina again the next morning on the balcony. It's just a lot of balcony talk. Very interesting. They talk about how they're re-energized and it's been an amazing trip and Gina's enjoyed the cooking and... No, no, no. I take that back. She didn't say I enjoy the cooking. She liked the dinners with everyone. Let's let's not give. She did not give those props. What am I saying? Clint says he 100% wants a successful relationship and to make a bond before decision day. There it is. Successful relationship. As written in the notes. (laughs) Notice how they never. Well, I guess they do. And sometimes. But they don't say marriage very often. No. I would like to point out that it's the morning everyone's leaving and Clint is making breakfast for everyone again. Guys, these full-grown adults would starve if Clint wasn't there. Everyone's eating boxed mac and cheese and cereal every day. As everyone else is kind of hanging out and cooking, we see Chris and Nicole packing, and Nicole brings up the living situation again. It... It won't stop. It couldn't even stop for the weekend. But if Chris could just promise anything besides, we'll see, we'll figure it out, like that would be so much better. It's amazing how clearly agitated he was. But she's totally in the right to be just as agitated. No, I get it. But just the way his tone and was like, oh, that was playing all along. That was the plan all along. Yeah, like, what are you talking yeah, about? Like, what are we doing? What do you mean? What was the plan? He's like, she's like, can you just say yes? Can you just say yes? He's like, yes. Like, okay. She just <laughs> wants something finalized before decision day. And he like cannot make any movement. Sure, you can be annoyed and say like, yeah, I thought that was the plan the whole time. Okay, so what's the action behind that? He said in the beginning that he is super lazy and he's worried about how Nicole will react to that after decision day. We are already seeing it. Like, dude, she wouldn't be on you if you did something. 
If you went and looked at a place, if you narrowed it down to four, I don't know, do you find a place that can even take three dogs. You know what doesn't make sense now that I'm analyzing all of this? Hmm. In one breath, Nicole's telling us that they need to talk about this. They, it's, it's weighing on her. She's a planner. Mm-hmm. She, she, needs, she needs to have things mapped out, right? But in this episode, they mention, I believe it was when she was talking to Kirsten, is we've looked and so far we can't find a place for, you know, us yeah. and, and the three dogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. But that means you guys have been looking. So That's true. there has been action to clearly state that your plan is to be together in some home with all your animals. Like that's, that's well, now I'm getting two different signals here. If it works out, you know, if something falls in Chris's lap, sure, (laughs) but he's not going to like go out of his way. But that, that totally contradicts this whole situation. I think by saying she wants a plan, she wants the place picked. Fair. That's fair. And he's fine just talking about that. Did you notice, I'm backtracking, way backtracking, but when they mentioned the dogs, they said, like, the little pups or something. I'm like, oh, ma'am, his dogs weigh over 100 pounds. I mean, hers too. Do not call them little. Are you kidding me? Well, it's like when I'm like, oh, look at this little kitten. It's like This is when you a find a place and cat. they're like, oh, yeah, you could have three dogs, but they have to be, like, under 75 pounds. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 under 75 pounds? For sure. Our three dogs? For sure. <laughs> Nicole wants him to wear a dinosaur costume with her to be silly, to be fun. Ma'am. He's not down. This was not the vibe. This was not the moment. This was not the time and a place. I don't know what was going through your head. This was an absolutely terrible idea. That was was not funny. That ma'am. So she wanted to be quirky and funny, but as everyone's just packing up and they want to have a nice breakfast, it was not the time. This was maybe at the party. You could do that. But this wasn't it. And when they came out, Eris and Clint looked so annoyed. Eris had his back to them. He was like, I'm almost, not even giving you the time Almost of day. the entire time. Yep. Was not even going to acknowledge it. Ma'am, first thing in the morning, we're trying to have brunch is not the time to wear the Halloween costume and come out looking like a clown. Like, yeah, this is I'm, we're not even awake yet. Like, I we still need coffee. It, it was a little bit of like embarrassment, like that cringy feeling while watching it because it did not hit how she thought it was going to hit. So so Gina's embarrassed about some Clint moments. Ma'am, you have no ma'am. <laughs> look at what you've just witnessed. So, Yeah. And Chris hated it. He made it well known immediately. He's like, I would never do this. And then Clint's like, cool, can you come help me? And he, Chris was like, yeah, see, he needs help. So, yeah, not great. Not a great ending to the trip. Everyone goes out on the balcony to eat because that is the theme of this episode. And I hated that Jasmine got voluntold to say grace. I get where you're coming from. I get it. And... Also true, because it seems like they haven't done it at all this entire time. Someone mentioned Grace. But I guess since it was mentioned, it was almost like, uh, well, the energies are there. Um, We should probably have the best person to say Grace. But then don't. It's just like, why bring it up if you're not going to do it? Don't bring up anything that is like, I don't know. I just don't like being voluntold for stuff. But she is the most appropriate as the pastor's daughter. And she did it beautifully. It was a great grace. We get one last round of everyone talking about everything they've already talked about, what they hope for decision day, what they hope changes, what their expectations are. It's nothing new, nothing groundbreaking, but we get it reiterated. On the next time on, we see Jasmine dancing for Eris, and I'm so annoyed already. Why does she have to do this for him? Not a fan. No. What is he doing for her? Why isn't he setting up a date? Why isn't he being any sort of romantic? No. She has to dance to try to turn him on. No. No, no, no. Gina is watching Clint get a haircut, but I thought it'd be way cooler if she gave him a haircut. But I understand, like, maybe it's just not your specialty. I had a feeling that it was almost like this moment was perfect for this. Mm -hmm. You've kind of mentioned you don't like his hair. You are... (laughs) 
He has no swag. You are a hair styling professional. Mm-hmm. It, you own a salon. It kind of seemed like, wow, this this is amazing. Like, you should, like, I'm going to give you a transformation with your hair. She does not want to touch him. That was... It's sad. That was, that was just weird. It seemed like a missed opportunity, honestly. I think it was. But that that's true. I mean, maybe her specialty, she's like, you know, I don't do, like, men's cuts. That's just, like, not... That's just not what I do. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Nicole has what seems to be like a slightly intense conversation with her dad. So I'm wondering what the context is. What made Nicole's dad react this way? I don't know. We'll see. Because it's a very big difference between when he allowed Chris to call him dad at goat yoga. Kristen talks about how she wants Shaq to make her feel like he likes her. Again, I feel like this is just Shaq kind of disengaging. He's disconnecting. He's over the game. He's over this fakeness. Kind of a bummer, but he is giving us insight of the reality of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, nothing new. We kind of suspect it's leaning towards a no. And then Gina tells whoever they're talking to, because I didn't note it down, but she says that Clint brings bizarre energy and that she's caught off guard a lot of the time. Yay. I, I can't wait. I, they, <laughs> you know, this episode wasn't a hit, but they reel us back in. Always. Every week. Every week. We're just as happy to watch it. All right. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a good weekend. Stay safe. Do something fun. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. <laughs>